careful with, and then elects to hang on to. Oh, watch out. Well, here we've got some pushing going off with Parker up to the side, and then Warner came over. Look at everybody circling around now. Eric Bolton was trying to drop Parker into a penalty. Well, Dingman will go, Parker will go, Bolton will go, and Ray will go. Uh, they've all been, they've been on edge, too, yep. since uh, playing against each other, so it wouldn't surprise us if we did see a fight. And uh, now Kellen McGuire's had enough. He's going to send him to the penalty box. He wouldn't break up, so. Yep, Meggs said that's it. Bolton and Parker are still chirping at each other. Dingman and Ray are nose to nose. Actually, that wasn't Kevin McGuire. That was Mark Fassett. Oh, is here they go. Here's Ray and Dingman are ready to go at it. They let him go. They let him go. And here they go. Ray and Dingman, a much bigger Chris Dingman. He starts firing punches, and then they fall to the ice. Ray trying to wrestle with them again. No punches landed there as Ray went off balance and went down, and now the linesmen come over and say that's enough. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Enforcer's Corner. Tonight, I have a very special guest. He's a two-time Stanley Cup champ. Not one. You heard that correctly. Two-time Stanley Cup champ on Enforcer's Corner. It's a rarity, but uh, he's a special guy. His uh, name is Chris Digman. What's up, Chris? How are you? Good. Yourself? I'm fantastic. You know, busy day today, but uh, everybody's kind of huddled in the house trying to deal with this whole coronavirus nonsense, but we're, we're making do. How about you and your family? Yeah, we're doing pretty good. Uh, everyone's getting along so far. It's nice to have a little shooting area in the garage and then having the home gym and stuff, but uh, I do appreciate being called special, and hopefully that's in a positive way, because my mom always told me I was special, so. <laughs> well, you're absolutely special. <laughs> Remember, if nothing else, you were on Enforcer's Corner, so that's got to go. count for something. <laughs> hey, man, you played 10 seasons in the NHL. Now, that is a hell of a run for any hockey player. I mean, it's nothing to smirk at. Uh, you were drafted 19th overall in the 1994 draft. What, what was going through your head, if you could take the folks listening down that trip down <clears throat> memory lane? Well, uh, it's different now. Like back then, I didn't even know I was being scouted. Oh, I, mean, I went away. Yeah, I went away. Played junior. I played with uh, played online with Colin Cucci and Mike Dubinsky, who were two really good players. And you know, on our team, we had you know Brian McKay, Marty Murray, Darren Ritchie. You know, a lot of great players. And <clears throat> I didn't even, like again. I didn't even really know I was being drafted or scouted or anything. You know, I was just playing hockey, and then. You know, all of a sudden I was getting an agent or people were talking to my parents and I didn't really know too much about it. Not like now with everything that's online and all that. And I was just playing hockey, to be honest with you. I just uh, was just trying not to get beat up, try and score some goals and ride a bus and have fun playing junior. And, you know, I didn't really, uh, again, like the knowledge of what was going on wasn't really there. And then, you know, as the season went along and then uh, things were going on, they're like, okay, you're getting – you know, you're ranked, you know, you might be <clears throat> like, yeah, I think they had me ranked in the second round or second or third round or something. And, you know, so I was like, okay, great. You know, uh, I don't know what this means or if I'll get drafted or what. He's still like back then I'm thinking back, like I didn't even really register. And then, you know, I'm starting to read. And then I started to read some of the uh, <clears throat> scouting reports. And I get a laugh out of it now and I get a chuckle because like one of them was like, he's big, he's tough, can, you know, good hands, can, can hit, can fight. When he turns, one of them was uh, when he turns, he takes out the first five rows. I was like, <laughs> <clears throat> well, kind of true. Like looking back, kind of true. But 
you know, a little harsh. So, uh, you know, it's just, again, like it was just playing hockey and I didn't really, I uh, wasn't thinking about getting drafted or playing in the NHL. Like I had a dream to play in the NHL, much like uh, any other guy playing. And, you know, you start out when you're a kid, and, you know, your dreams of playing in the NHL, whether that's realistic or not, you don't really know. But uh, again, didn't put too much thought into it. And uh, then you get into the draft and it was in Hartford. Hartford's like a, it's a ghost town, like downtown. Like it's a, it's a big insurance town. There's nothing really going on. And, uh, and I just remember like we're going down for all the draft stuff and <clears throat> doing all the interviews and all those things. And it was, it was kind of neat. Cause um, there was a guy by the name of uh, Wade Belak, God rest his soul, like a real tough kid and a tough man too. And <clears throat> that year we'd fought like five times, I think. And, you know, one of them, he'd split me for six and I broke his nose. I remember I have it on video and, you know, everyone's cheering because I got up and I was bleeding because he split me for six and I was pointing at him as I was skating off. And we were, you know, it was like almost like there was two fights. We were the second fight. So I got kicked out and I was pointing down at him and everyone's like cheering because I was bleeding. I was pointing. I was like, no, no, you know, his nose is broken. And then, so we go to the, <clears throat> so that happened and we'd fought, but I had to draft. All anyone wanted to talk about is that the fact that Belak and I had, had fought five times. So like every interview, you know, I was like, oh, so I heard you and Belak fought a few times. I was like, yeah, how'd that go? And I said, well, you know, went okay. And there, every guy, I remember Paul Holmgren, I remember shaking his hand. And I'm shaking his hand and, like, literally his hand was, like, twice the size of mine. and almost, like, crushed my hand. And he was like, so, you know, who won? Everyone wanted to know who won. I was like, well, I don't know. I don't know if there was really a winner. But, you know, one thing I did say is that, I, you know, I'd, I'd rather take six zippers over my eye than a broke. So. Yeah, it's no fun you know, to not I, be able to yeah, breathe. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, so it was uh you know it was a good experience you didn't really again like you kind of know what's going on but you don't really know and then you get drafted and you know, you're hoping you get drafted but you're again you're it's like you're not really sure so it was uh it was a really interesting time for for a young kid that uh grew up in edmonton you know i'd already been traded i was drafted by seattle and you know, I went there for the Moon World Cup and then came back. Before I even played a game, I got traded. Got a call from Kelly McCrimmon and it's like, oh, hey, Chris, Kelly McCrimmon from the Brandon Wheat Kings. We just acquired your rights. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, I thought I was going to Seattle. So there were so many different things going on. And uh, at that time, it was just, that, there's just little things you think about and, and looking back. And, you know, it was, uh, it was a good experience. But again, you know, then you're getting, you know, a kid from Edmonton and, get drafted by Calgary and every joke is, you know, I'm sure you probably know. It was like, Oh yeah. So, you know, who was your favorite team growing up? I'm like Edmonton, you know, who's your favorite team now? And I'm like, well, Calgary, <laughs> of course, <laughs> you know, it's my team. So, uh, it was fun. Like, you know, it, it was a great experience. Like just getting dropped, like, you know, playing junior, and, you know, just getting drafted was unbelievable. And then playing, uh, getting the opportunity to play. It was just, I mean, all of it was just, it's just awesome. But, you know, again, it, you know, when you're, when you're in the midst of it and it's going on, you're not really sure really what's going on. You're just playing hockey. That's the way I looked at it. I was just playing hockey. I was just uh, having fun playing hockey. That's cool. So now, now, when did you figure out, like, okay, um, I'm pretty good at fighting. Maybe this is a viable path for me. <clears throat> well, I got my first fight when I was 15 playing midget AAA. And, you know, I dropped one glove. <clears throat> yeah, we used to call it like the fish hook where you stick your hand in the guy's cage and pull up, pull down, mm-hmm. pull up, pull down, and <clears throat> get the lawnmower going, as we called it, and did pretty good. So I think I knocked the guy out or knocked him down and landed on top of him, put my hand down, and dislocated my finger. So I was like, okay, I did pretty good. <clears throat> and then I went to junior, and, um, you know, the one thing my parents and my he talked about with, 
you know, Kelly McCrimmon, then the uh, GM at the Wheat Kings at the time, he obviously is with the, <clears throat> he's with the Golden Knights now. Um, was it that, you know, they didn't want me to be a fighter just because I was a big kid. I could play hockey. And he was like, no, he's going to play. <clears throat> we don't want him to be a, like a goon or, you know, whatever, use that term or, you know, so like my parents were very adamant of that. And, and it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't, it was like a gradual thing. It was, it was basically, you know, it was about six or seven games in, I think. And I was running guys over and I like to hit, you know, I was a physical guy and, you know, I got my first fight is, uh, I think it was against a guy from Prince Albert and, you know, just, you're just swinging you're just throwing punches and did pretty good. I was like, my hand hurt. And I was like, okay. And I was like, oh, how'd I do? And guys were like, Patrick guys were like, oh man, you did good. And I was like, okay, great. And then it's like, <laughs> okay. And then you fight another guy. And then, you know, when you're a big guy and you're a rookie, like guys are testing you and, you know, I just was big and strong and pretty good at it. So you know, back then it was, you know, the game's a lot different now, but you know, any guy you talked to that played back then, like Strudwick or any guys like that, if you were big and physical, you had to fight. There was no, like, I don't want to fight. I don't feel like fighting. Right. It was. Right. Well, it was, it, was. And it was like a code too, right? I mean, if you're going to run people over, eventually you have to answer the bell. Whereas nowadays it's like, okay, the NHL will suspend you. I don't have to deal with it. <clears throat> yeah. A little different like that. So it was just, yeah, again, I just uh, it was an ultimate element to my game, and um, the more I did it, the better I was, you know, at it. And then, you know, my second year fought more. My third year, I fought like 30 times, but I had 40 goals and 43 assists. And you know, it was just like at that point, there was a couple of like heavies in the league. There was like McAllister, Belak, and Rocky Thompson, you know, and Weimer, a couple guys like that, <clears throat> and. You know, but other than those guys, basically, if anyone touched my line mates, I just grabbed them and, you know, beat the crap out of them, basically. And, <laughs> and then my fourth year was, uh, <laughs> it was just, yeah, <laughs> I didn't even have to fight. No one wanted to fight me. And my <laughs> line mates were the guys, uh, Peter Schaefer, who played in Vancouver, and another guy, Kelly Smart. And Schaefer, Schaefer was awesome because every whistle, he would just verbally abuse guys and just <laughs> face wash them and, you know, because he knew I was out there. So, like, the guy would be like, you know, hey, screw you or whatever. And he'd be, you know, <laughs> and he'd be like, oh, yeah, and I'd be standing behind him. And, you know, the guy wasn't going to do anything. So, yeah, it was just one of those things you just, you know, again, you had to answer the call. There was no, I don't feel like fighting. It was like, you're going to fight. <laughs> and if he didn't, uh, I was just going to get bad. Because, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know, the game was just going to get out of control. So, yeah, I was just, uh, yeah, it was one of those things. And, you know, looking back, I'm like, my God, I can't believe I did that. Like, you know, we got into line brawls and bench clearing brawls and, you know, you name it. And I was like, you see videos now, like on Twitter and stuff, like if, like there was one in Regina in the playoffs and it was a full on bench clearing brawl. And, you know, I was actually going back through Brandon, through Brandon with uh, my youngest boy, who's uh, 11 now. And we were going out to a big tournament in Winnipeg. And we stopped at Brandon and Darren Ritchie, my old line mate, he's the GM there now. And uh, so he gave me a tour of the locker room and then Rick Dilbo, who's been there forever. <clears throat> he was, uh, you know, we we're just kind of talking. I was going, you know, it's like good to see him and stuff. And, you know, Darren Richie, Rich was like saying to my, my son, he was like, yeah, you know, your dad was pretty tough. You know, he was, uh, he used to fight a little bit. And they, my kids know what I've seen videos and <laughs> <It's YouTube. laughs> whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it's you know, the beauty of YouTube. And, um, but it was the best because, you know, you like, you, you get in these fights and these brawls, whatever you think you know all the stories or whatever. 
I never forget. So Rick Delbo's like, he goes, you know the craziest thing about that? And he's like, it's at the end of the game. You know, the game's over. And you guys are like in a bench clearing brawl. And he's like, I can see these grown men and they're sprinting up the stairs. And he's like, where are they going? He's like, I couldn't figure it out. And he's like, and then I figured out, you know what it was? And I was like, what? He's like, they didn't shut down the concessions. Well, they were mean? He's like, <laughs> they were getting beers. They were getting, they were buying pops or sodas. Like, they were going up just so they could throw them at us. He's like, they were literally grown men were flying up the stairs and buying sodas and like coming down two fisted just so they could throw them at us on the ice. <laughs> He's like, I've never seen that. And I was like, you know, and I've seen video of the brawl and like, you remember stuff because we went into the stands and it got a little crazy and it was a bench clearing brawl, or whatever. But I never heard that angle of it. I was like, oh, okay. And it was just, it's kind of funny. Like, grown men are going up to, to buy pop, Cokes or, you know, Pepsis or whatever, just so they could throw them at. <laughs> 16 at the time, I was 17. So I'm a 17-year-old kid, grown men are going up to buy sodas so they can throw them at me. So uh, whatever. I <laughs> never heard that angle of it before, but pretty good. They felt like they needed to be involved. <laughs> yeah. So you just took us through a little bit of juniors. Awesome to hear about, of course. But uh, what was it like playing your first game in the NHL in Calgary, man? Like, that had to be surreal. <clears throat> yeah, it was um... – so your first NHL preseason games, one thing. I remember I played in Vancouver, and you know I played against Burry and McGillney. We're playing. And I remember our coach at the time was Pierre Paget. He's like, guys, you know it's great. So proud of you. It's like, you know St. John Flames against uh, you know the Vancouver Canucks. But Jesus Christ, you can't get Burry and McGillney a two on one. It's like putting a bomb in your car. <laughs> Jesus. So you remember that, like, so that was kind of funny, and guys were laughing, you know, because Pierre was a bit of a different guy, but you know, whatever. And so I was like, my first like game, I guess. And then you go to your, you know, you're playing preseason the year I made it, and I played eight games, and that was, you know, great and whatever. And then you play your first game, and I, I just remember I was like, I was playing with uh, Flurrying Castles. And we're playing, I think it was Detroit. I think it was like, I'm not sure if that was the first game or whatever, but it was like my first like thing I can remember now is like, you know, I'm lining up and I'm, I'm playing against like, I, <laughs> I'm playing against Fedorov. Oh boy. <laughs> and, you know, and I'm like, what am I doing out here? Like, why am I even out here? <laughs> like, these guys are like future Hall of Famers and I'm just like this 21 year old kid. And so I was kind of like my first, uh, you know, where you're looking around and you're, you know, you're there, so you deserve to be there because you're in the NHL, but you know, you're playing against these guys that you've kind of idolized or you know, watched play you know, and they're great players and you're lining up against them. You're kind of like, Jesus Christ, like, what am I doing out here? Like, so that was kind of my first, I just remember like over the years is that and, you know, just different guys, like fighting Probert, like, oh my God, Bob Probert or, you know, like playing against Wayne Gretzky, like Jesus, like Sorry, That's... you know, you're hitting him. I'm like, I got to hit Wayne Gretzky because it's Wayne Gretzky. And, but I'm like, sorry, Mr. Gretzky. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really want to hit him because <laughs> it's Wayne Gretzky. And, you know, I remember, like, so my first year, you know, I had two goals in six games. I, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to score 40. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm thinking then, like, you know, guys were complaining about ice time. We went, like, two and ten. So, I got bumped in the fourth line. And then once you're on the fourth line, you're not. You know, you're not seeing the ice time. You're not going to score. And I didn't score for like three months. And we're playing in Madison Square Gardens. And I'm out against Gretzky. And he doesn't really want to play defense because he's like 34, 35 at the time or something. 
So I remember I got around him and he didn't really care. And I went around behind the net, tried to wrap around on Mike Richter. I didn't score. And I get the puck back and I get the rebound. I go bar down and I score. I'm like, oh my God. You know, I hadn't scored in like three months. I'm in Madison Square Gardens. I'm playing against like Gretzky and, you know, Adam Graves and Brian Leach. And, you know, I score on Rick. Like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> I get, you know, all the boys are like, yeah, there, all right. Woo. You know, like, they'll cheer and they get back to the bench and never forget. Brian Sutter looked at me. He goes, about, you know, effing time. And I was like, come on, man. You can let me enjoy it just a little bit. Like, <laughs> so. Yeah, just little things like that. So, like, he has, like, little things you remember. This, you know, over the course of a season or a year, there's, like, your first game. There's just different things. Like, you know, who would ever thought I'd be playing against Wayne Gretzky? Like, on the ice at the same – like, not even playing against him, but, like, on the ice at the same time. And I know what their coach was thinking. Hey, I'm going to put him out against, you know, Dingman because he's not that good. <laughs> and I ended up scoring. So, you know, what are you going to do? So, just stuff like that, like, different things. So, a couple moments like that just off the top of my head were – Pretty cool. That's a, that's a pretty cool memory. I mean, I'm sure you you grew up, uh, I would imagine, sort of idolizing a guy like Wayne Gretzky, and boom, you're going around him to score and bar down nonetheless. That's that's got to be a good freaking feeling. It might not have been bar down, but that's my recollection no, of it. No, but... Just stick just stick <laughs> to the story, Chris. Just stick yep. to the story. <laughs> my version. You heard it here. It hit all three posts and went in. So after Calgary, you played for Colorado, then Carolina for a half a season, I believe that was. And then you went on to Tampa Bay and you won a Stanley Cup with Colorado uh, fairly early in your career. What was that like? Can you walk us through that team? I mean, that that team was dynamic. Um, well, it was terrible. It was an awful experience. Oh, I'm totally kidding. It was unbelievable. It was uh... <laughs> Yeah, it was like everything, you know, I look back, I look back at like, you know, I started in Calgary and you got Flurry and Castles and, you know, guys like that and they're good players. And, but in Calgary, you're just trying to make the playoffs. It's like, Hey, we're trying to make the playoffs. That's yeah, great. We go to Colorado and you're like, you're on this team where you got Waugh and Forsberg and Sackick and Hayduke and Rob Blake and Adam Foote, and, you know, going down the line, like future Hall of Famers and, and it's not – your goal isn't to make the playoffs. Your goal is to win the Stanley Cup. And those guys are not only the best players in the world, but they're also good guys. Like, you know, I go for beers of Ray Bork or Rob Blake or Adam Foote or whatever. Like, they're some of the best guys. So not only were they good players, but they were, they were great guys as well. And, you know, that was just a team where, you know, we traded for Ray Bork, and it was like win one for Ray. And then in the, the first year we traded for him, we lost in seven games at Dallas, in Dallas, and then we hit a couple posts, and and was like we weren't sure if Ray was going to come back or not, and then uh, he decided to come back. So the next year, it was unbelievable. It was uh, we're finishing first overall. So if we have a game seven, it's in our building. Anything less is unacceptable. And it was like the best. I loved it. Like it was, you know, we're here to win, and the whole season was about winning. And you know, it was like win one for Ray, and Ray Bork was like, "F that! Like screw that! Don't win one for me. Win it for yourself." Cause your name's going to be right next to mine on the cup. And he was awesome. Like, so, you know, that experience in that team was, <clears throat> you know, I still to be a part of that and be, you know, just everyone had a role and, you know, like my job was to fight. And, you know, even Michelle Goulet told me straight up, he's like, you know, I know you're first round pick and you have skill, but we need a physical player. I was like, sure. You know, like <laughs> my choice was, you know, I can try and score goals and, you know, get some points in the American hockey league or I can, 
playing one of the best teams ever and trying to win the Stanley Cup and hit and fight. And I like hitting anyways. And, you know, fighting's fighting. You got to do it if you're going to play physical. So it was great. Just everything about it, the guys, you know, like just being part of it, just the focus and the, you know, that goal. Just, you know, like that's what I don't like about teams now or even like whenever we're, you know, we're trying to make the playoffs. No, you're not. You're trying to win a cup. You know, whether that's realistic or not, you know, like you're just sending the wrong message. Your goal is to win a cup. Like, look at, you know, in Tampa, like we went all the way and we won and we beat Calgary. It was like the eighth seed. Look at the Edmonton Oilers. They were, you know, they just, they won like 12 or 13 or 14 in 06 to make it to the Stanley Cup finals. They lost to Carolina. And that was right after I was in like Carolina. So you like, you never know. Like, so, you know, saying your goals win, you know, just to make the playoffs is one thing, but you know, your goals win a cup and you never know, like whether your team is, you know, has the ability to do that. And that's what was so special about that group. And, you know, Colorado is it, uh, there was so much pressure to win, but we just loved it. Like guys just fed on it. Like they ate it up and it was great. So all around, it was just a great experience. And it was just unbelievable to be on that team. And like, just to see guys now and, I saw Ray Bork. Uh, we played a actually a charity alumni game against the Bruins alumni about four years ago. And, you know, it was like him and Terry O'Reilly and I Frady and like all these guys. And it's like Ken Linsman. And I'm like, hey, how's it going? You know, we had beers and stuff. It was great. So when you win with guys, and you know, we're like my kids were able to, you know, meet Ray Bork and take a picture. It was unbelievable. So, you know, those friendships, uh, you know, being a teammate and stuff, like those are lifelong things. And especially when you win, it's just, uh, it's unbelievable. So, you know, to be a part of that team and those guys was, uh, you know, something I'll cherish forever. And I'm very, you know, I, I don't make any qualms about it. I'm very lucky to be a part of that team. And, you know, I did everything I could to help that team win. And it was awesome. It's just, you know, winning is great. Yeah. It's just the best winning is the best thing. So it's not really hard to put into words, but just, uh, just a great experience. So from going, uh, from, Colorado to Carolina, and then ending up in Tampa Bay to another powerhouse team. I mean, Vinny LeCavier in his prime, need we say anymore, and Marty St. Louis. Oh, my God. Like, what were those guys like? <clears throat> well, like, everyone asks me, like, people ask me all the time, uh, like, which one was better? I'm like, what do you mean? Like, which like which cup was better? Like, which one did you like more? Hey, you can't ever – like, I can't answer that question. I just look at it and go. So the difference between the two teams was in Colorado, we had established superstars. So we had, you know, the Sackicks, the Blakes, and the Forsbergs, and uh, Patrick Waz, and, you know, going down the line. And then you go to Tampa, you had, like, the Caviers and the Richards and the St. Louis and guys like that. And they were, you know, those guys were, like, budding superstars. So Vinny was, a, you know, he was a good player, but he wasn't, like, you know, I don't want to, like, Vinny's a great player and a great guy, but they weren't, like, considered, I guess, elite players. Like, that was, like, the development of those guys and becoming, like, those players, I guess. So that's the difference. So, you know, we had a good team, and uh, I wouldn't consider us a great team because, like, you look back on that season, we just, like, it was funny. I got on a Zoom call with a bunch of guys from that team uh, last week, and we were just talking about it, and we're like, it was around Christmas time where we weren't even sure if we were going to make the playoffs. We were like 500 or something and Abby Bowen was struggling and, you know, we just weren't, you know, like playing that well or whatever. And we just got hot and we got on a run and, you know, we just like, okay, like we can win. And then you get in the playoffs and then, you know, you get into the first round, you win that, you get the second round, you're like, okay. And you just, 
got more and more confidence. And like when Vinny scored that overtime goal in Montreal and like Montreal, like a building to play in, like where the you know fans are obviously very passionate and there's, you know, like all the great players have gone through there and, you know, they sing that, they have that song where they go, ole, 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 ole. And they were doing that before the game and everything. And, you know, Vinny scored that goal and you could hear a pin drop and we're on the ice and, you know, whoever did the video for Stanley Cup stuff, um, it was unbelievable because we're like, ole, ole. You could hear a pin, like we're singing it on the ice. So, <laughs> uh, you know, that's, so not to, you know, not to not give credit to Tampa as a team, but, you know, we were a good team, but we were becoming a great team. And, you know, these guys, you had Anderchuk and Sidor and veterans like that, Freddie Bodine, and, but like your, your Marty St. Louis and your Richards and your Cavaliers and Dan Boyles, like they kind of, as that season went along and that cup run went along, they became elite players to me. And like Ruslan Fedotenko, like all the goals he scored were, you know, unbelievable. So, you know, good players, great, they became great players. And again, just another great experience. And we just got hot. We got on a run and we're like, why not us? Like, why not? <laughs> you know, like someone's got to win. We believed in each other. We played a good game and, you know, we were a good team and we had good goaltending and Abby Bullen and, and again, we just got hot and you never know. Right. I was uh, thinking though, if uh, somebody were to go back in time and tell you 14 year old, you, you were going to eventually win two Stanley cups. What would have been your reaction? Well, on my street, <laughs> playing street <laughs> hockey for sure. Yeah, you just, you, again, you, you know, you don't know, like I was a first round pick and I thought, you know, maybe I could have scored more or played more or played more games or, you know, you just don't know, like uh, what can happen over time. And, you know, could I have scored more? Maybe could I have a, had a career more like Jerome McGinley? I don't know. Like I played junior against him and, you know, like you look at him and like, he's one of the best players I've ever played against. And we trained together and, you know, he was like, he was always a year off. Like when we went to Pittsburgh and Boston and, you know, there's a guy that should have won the Stanley cup, but didn't. And if there's a guy like you look back and you go, you know, like I look at guys that I think should have won, he should have won a Stanley cup. So, you know, I was very lucky to, to win too, just to be, you know, in the right place at the right time. And yeah, to go back and tell <laughs> the teenage me, yeah, sure. I would have taken it. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. I would have been punched in the head. If all I got to do is be punched in the face a few times and, you know, break a couple bones and dislocate a couple fingers, I'd do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, I'd trade that off easily. Speaking of punching people in the face, dude, you go down your resume of guys you fought, and it is impressive. I mean, you start the list off with Bob Probert, of all people. Who would you say the toughest guy you fought was in the NHL? <clears throat> or, or juniors in AHL, you can include everything. Uh, well, they're all tough, to be honest with you. But, um, you know, the top guys, like in junior, you know, they were tough guys. But like Belak, when I was, you know, 17, 18, you know, even in AHL, he was tough. Uh, you know, Domi was tough. But just, you know, my top three would be Probert, uh, Grimson, and uh, George the Rock. And, you know, Probert and Grimson, I fought him like I fought Probert like five times. And actually, I got called up. Uh, I got traded. I got traded with Theron Flurry to Colorado. I was the other guy in the deal and went to uh, Hershey in <clears throat> Colorado. I was getting pushed around. They played Chicago back to back. And I got called up for the second game in Chicago. And I played a minute and 52 seconds. And I fought Probert twice. <laughs> and Holy shit. Out, 
Yeah, the first one was uh, was after goal, and I line up, and Probert comes out and lines up against me, and he's like, so your coach said you're out, or you give me a try? I said, no, but if you want to go, we can go. He goes, you sure? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Why not? I'm here. So, <laughs> yeah, so I did pretty good. You know, beat him in the first one. They wanted to fight again, and, you know, he was like the guy. Like, you know, he was the heavyweight. You know, it was Bob Probert. He was the champ, so. You know, he was, like, an intimidating guy, so I was like, okay, did that, and then, you know, fought Grimson in preseason the next year. And, you know, just scary guys, like, just big guys. So, you know, I grew up watching those guys, and then, uh, so you're fighting them now, and you know it's up there, and you see them knock guys out and just beat the living crap out of guys, and now you're fighting them, so you know what they can do. And then George LaRock was a guy that, you know, in the Memorial Cup, uh, we played against him. Um, so I tried to fight him. He couldn't fight, I didn't know this, but he had a bad thumb or something. And then next year in uh, training camp, uh, we ended up fighting like, I don't know, three, four times or something because we played like the rookie games, like Edmonton, Calgary, which were like total gaunt shows. It was just fight after fight after fight. And then, you know, he, so he was a big, like, he was like six, three and a half, like 240, 245. He was a so monster. He was like, yeah, it was like, yeah, just like, it was like, I equated to like punching, like, punching a bull in the nuts. And then, like, just trying to hang on while the bull's trying to knock you out. Like, he was just so big <laughs> and so strong. And he was a good guy, too. Like, um, when I was in Colorado, I dislocated my shoulder. He knew I was hurt, and I was coming back, and I wanted to play in Edmonton because we were playing in Edmonton. So, you know, I kind of rushed myself back, and we lined up, and he's like, hey, uh, you okay to fight? You want to go? And I was like, what? And he's like, you know, you want to go? You okay to fight? And he asked me if I was okay. And I was like, not really. But I'm like, yeah, not really, but sure. And he's like, okay. So I fought him and, like, did okay. Like, for me, like, you know, I hit him with a couple and, you know, I couldn't really throw because my shoulder was kind of screwed up. But, uh, you know, like, he was a guy that just was so big and so strong and just could hurt you. So, you know, those are kind of the guys, uh, like, if you want to talk about, like, Mount Rushmore of guys that I fought, those were guys that, you know, if you weren't ready, you were going to get knocked out and you'd be on the highlights or, <laughs> you know, forever. <laughs> face down or face up. uh Knocked out. So, yeah, those guys for sure. Speaking of knockouts, you have uh, one pretty hefty one over, I believe it was Bryce Salvador. Yeah. What uh, what what took place in that fight? You guys talk afterwards, or you? <clears throat> no, he uh, we played junior against him, uh, and I beat him a few times. Beat him up a few times in junior. You know, he was another kid. I think he was from Brandon, or just outside of Brandon, Manitoba, where I played junior. And, you know, he was a guy that, uh, you know, just a gamer and whatever. And just, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, <laughs> it's just fighting. So, like, people talk about that fight. And I like, broke part of his helmet off. And, you know, like, he, he didn't have to fight me. I'd say, you know, I don't think I'd be being rude, but I think it was a little out of his weight class. He was, I'd consider him more like a middleweight guy. But, uh, yeah, nothing was really said. He just, you know, when you're playing and you're – one of those guys you're trying to stay in the league like that it's different now but back then you're just you're trying to stay in the league so you know what am i going to do to stay in the league okay i'm going to fight the biggest guy and if i don't get killed great you know what i mean it's like you know i got called up and i fought for over i beat him i fight him again i don't get beat up i'm like win for me you know he has everything <laughs> to lose so you know for him like to challenge me to a fight i'm like sure yeah okay i'll fight you you know, if he hits me with a lucky one and, like, knocks me out or knocks me down, he's a hero. You know, if he takes a beating and he's okay, everyone's like, wow, great job, great job. You know what I mean? So, 
there's nothing like there was anything really said. It was just like you want to go and you fight, and that's kind of it. Now, you fought a ton of tough guys, but who would you say somebody that you fought and they weren't uh, the toughest guy in the world, but they put up a hell of a fight? Uh, Ryan Vandenbush is the guy that it, it wouldn't even care to what you said. He was tough. Like, I watch videos, like, it's fun, like, YouTube now, you know, everything's going on, and I'm still working a little bit, like, delivering gloves and, you know, doing all that stuff. But, uh, so, like, I, I like watching old fights. I go, like, watching the Oilers and the Flames and, you know, back in the 80s and early 90s when it was just line brawl after line brawl and fight after fight and whatever. And, but, uh, like, Ryan Vandenbush was a guy who, I think he was all, like, 5'10". And I think the one year I fought him, like, five times. In the minors, I fought him three times one game. And I had a goalie cut jersey, which was kind of illegal, but only if you got caught. So I fought him <laughs> the first time. I fought him the second time. And then their coach or something called me in a legal jersey. So they had to go get a backup jersey. So I had to go put on, like, number four or something, which had no name bar on the back. I think I was 32 at the time. He's like, every time, like, we, like I put him down, he's like, we're going again as we're going to the box. I'm like, I'm not fighting you again, man. Like, Jesus, like, enough. It was always like, no, we're going again. We're going again. I'm like, buddy, like, I'm not, like, and he was just fighting, fighting. Like, he, like, he beat up, like, I wouldn't say beat up, but, like, he knocked down Grimson. Like, he fought all the heavyweights. And when he was in Chicago, yeah, when he was in Chicago, like, I had to fight him a few times. And I just remember in the minors, like, so there was, like, that same, like, where I was in St. John, I think he was in Portland playing for the Pirates or something. And it was like, I'd already fought him like four times or something. He's like, come on, let's go. And I'm like, I'm not fighting anymore, man. And he's like, come on, let's go. Come on, we're like, let's go. And I said, I'm not fighting anymore. Like, enough. Like, Jesus. Like, how many times we got to fight? He's like, come on. Like, are the, the player personnel guys here. Like, you know, come on, just fight me. Just fight me. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll fight you once. That's it. Like, I'll fight you one time. That's it. Win or lose. That's all you're getting. He's like, fine. Okay. So we fought. And, you know, I, he did pretty good, like I'd say. Like, I won, but, like, for him, again, I'm 6'3", 6'4", you know, 230, 240, and he's, like, 5'10", you know, I don't know, 195 pounds, 200 pounds or something. So, for him to hang in, you know, he just wanted to show, you know, his GM or the player personnel guy was watching him that he'd fight anybody. And so, you know, he was a guy that, uh, again, pound for pound, super tough, would fight anybody, and, yeah, you know, that'd be that guy. I know you, you brought up the uh... – Calgary Edmonton rivalry a little bit and I had uh Peter Vandermeer on last week and he was talk we were talking about the uh Zach Cassian Kachuk incident. I was curious on your take on the whole situation. Um well that I have no problem with anything that happened to be honest with you. Like it was it's hockey and Kachuk, uh you know, you know who his dad is. So yep. <laughs> you know his dad you know, they just play hard. He plays hard, he's an agitator and you know, he was running around a little bit, but hey, the talkie and you know, but if you're gonna run around you poke the bear like the old saying, if you're gonna poke the bear, you know, eventually, you know, you're gonna get bit or <laughs> clot or mauled or whatever. And so with everything that happened, I had you know, I had no problem with it. Like if you're gonna do that, you better expect like sooner or later. Cause it's like you gotta be more disciplined now or whatever. But like the way the game is now, there's not a lot of that anymore and that that game, like living in Edmonton, like it moved back to Edmonton like year and a half, two years ago. Like that's all anybody could talk about. And that's all I like I couldn't wait for the next game. Like what's gonna happen the next game? The rivalry was back, the Battle of Alberta and 
it was great. So like Vandermeer, like the brother, like those guys were tough as nails too. So, you know, for that and everything that happened, I had, I had no problem with anything that happened on either side. And everyone's talking about should Lucic fight or this or that or whatever. And Kachuk knew he had to fight basically like next game. So the way Cassian handled it the next time they played each other, he was like, let's go. And Cassian was like, nope. You're gonna wait a little bit, so you know it's all it's all part of the game and the sportsmanship. So you know everything that happened was great. I think it was great for hockey. Like so, no one really got hurt. Like in the grand scheme, of it. but it, they what was lost in all of that was it. So they fight, but the better the better part of that game was the goalie fighting Mike Smith and you know like him fighting and uh, was it uh, Nugent Hopkins? Yeah. Like, oh my god, I think it was like him and Monahan. So like. You got Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who has, like, I don't know how many career fights, like, two. And they're, like, yeah, and he's all pissed off and fighting. So, you know, look at that. Like, you know, you look at the game and, like, you know, everything that happened is that it it got some bad blood and animosity back in the game, which is great, which is great for hockey, which is missing a little bit that, you know, in these days where, like, everyone's too nice and everyone's talking to each other and warm up. And, you know, you have buddies and you have, like, all that stuff, but, like, that brought some like bad blood back and it was good. And it was good. Cause you know, it was feisty and like the one game went to a shootout and you know, just all that. So it didn't really matter who won or lost. It was just great. And was that's great all anyone could talk about. Yeah. It was like, he brought you back to the Prober Domi. Like, you know, everyone's that's all they're talking about. Well, I got to watch this game. Why? I don't know. Cause something's going to happen. You know, <laughs> like it's just, you know what I mean? Like you just know something is going to happen. So yeah, I like everything that happened with all that. Yeah, I had no problem with it, and you know, Kachuk answered the bell, and again, it was just it was good for hockey. It made me want to watch more, so I thought it was great. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely does lack uh, the physical side of the game. I mean, obviously, the NHL, uh, the powers that be, if you want to put it that way, don't want it in the game anymore for whatever reason. Which I don't quite understand. I understand, like, okay, we don't want guys getting hurt, but fighting's been around forever. I don't think. I think the the dirty hits are what hurt people a hell of a lot more than the fights, in my personal opinion, anyway. But um, I don't. I mean, fighting sells. I mean, I remember being a kid, and I'm from Philly, well, the Philly area, and yeah. I remember being a kid and going to the Phantoms games, and every Phantoms game, man, there was just something, some sort of electricity in the air that, in warmups, man, guys are yapping at each other, like, yeah. And then when it gets out there, they're trying, they're, they're hitting each other. They're, I don't want to say they're trying to hurt each other, but I'm pretty sure they were trying to hurt each other. I mean, these are all grown men going to war and this is for a regular season AHL game and the crowd, the electricity in the stadium was absolutely insane. And now you, you go to a game and I mean, you'd be far fetched to see a good hit in five games, let alone the one you're at. Yeah, it's changed a little bit in that sense. So we're just talking about Philly, the old what, spectrum. Like, oh my God, I played a game when I was playing in Hershey, and anyway, I get fifty-two minutes in <laughs> one game. Oh boy, I was, yeah. like, I was two minutes from getting the uh, record, and and I was—I never forget Mike Felino and Jay Wells were my coaches, and they were great, good guys. And so I, I've been in two fights already, just because it was chippy and it's Philly, and. Yeah, you know, you're in the penalty box, and guys are like, you suck, you whatever. I'm like, you're an idiot. Like, if I suck, you, how much you pay to want, come watch me play? Like, you're an idiot. Like, if I suck, you're an idiot. Like, and you're just chirping guys. And, like, the beauty of, like, a place like that is that if you chirp the fan back and it was good, 
like people laughing like yeah he got you he whatever and i'll never forget like even there and had two fights and like so mike Flynn was like don't fight again i don't want you fighting i don't you know don't fight whatever like just play <laughs> i'm like no problem and there's a guy by the name of ryan bast who i played a feaster in st john he was a guy just a physical miserable prick to play against and you know just had to do that to play and never forget like dan i uh who i won a cup with in colorado we were playing together in hershey and he elbowed him so i'm like i gotta fight you know like so i'm like i go and i grab him and i just like i i you know i won the fight did pretty good and you know whatever and like jay was like jay you know jay wells mike fleeing off the game like he told you i had to fight i'm like i know but like whatever and like i know you had to do it and i'm like i know whatever and it's funny like being back at edmonton now we do the alumni skates and so um you know, skating and Ryan Bass is there. And like, so, you know, hey, how's it going? Yeah, good. Dinger, how you doing? Your Beaster, how you doing? And that's what's great about it. I'm like, you remember that game in Philly? He's like, oh, God. I'm like, what'd you album for, man? I didn't even want to fight anymore. He's like, I know I was an idiot. I was just, you know, <laughs> I just had to do it. And we just laugh. Like, it's funny now. Like, so you talk about guys, whatever. And, you know, you just laugh about it now. So we're just having to chuckle. Like, because I'm like, God, I already had two fights. I didn't even want to fight again. He's like, I know. And just, you know, I. <laughs> I was just trying to play, you know, trying to get called up. So just stuff like that and this, the buildings and the players and, you know, those are the things. And just, you know, the guys have respect for guys. And, you know, like when you, you know, like they talk about the code or the honor or system or whatever, you know, have an honor in the code and all that stuff. And, you know, there's still a little bit of that now. And, you know, the guys I've played with and against is it's, you know, you respected those guys, even if you hated them. Like even the guys that were just miserable pricks to play against, like you respected them because it, it's hard. Like even to be one of those guys, like an agitator or whatever, you know, even Marshawn or guys like, you know, guys hate him, but like how long has he played for? A and he's time. a miserable, yeah, and he can score <laughs> goals. And no, but when he started out, he wasn't the player he was now. Like he wasn't, you know, an Olympian or an all star player when he was, when he was younger. He just had to be, like, you got to find your way. You know, if you're not a first round pick or a top pick or an elite player, you got to find a way to make it. And then you got to find a way to stay there. And, and then from there, you, you know, find your role. So guys like that, you know, all the respect in the world, like I hate them. Like I would want to kill them, but I'd take them on my team in a heartbeat. So, oh, for sure. You know, that's the way, yeah. Guys always ask that. Like, what do you think of this guy? What do you think of that guy? And like any guy you hate and he's not on your team, you'd love to have him on your team. Exactly. But, you know, yeah. in the same, but in the same token, you know, when you're talking about, you know, like the Oilers flame stuff and Kachuk and all that, there's a point where you go, okay, you got to fight. Like Kachuk, you got to fight. Or Marshawn, you got to fight. Everyone else has fought. Like, it's your turn. Right. Basically. So, So I mean, obviously, like, Marshawn's a hell of a hockey player, dude. I, I have nothing against Marshawn, the hockey player, when he's actually playing hockey because he's very talented. I mean, like you said, the dude's a – He's a fucking all-star. He's a stud. But, man, I can't stand the rat bullshit. Like, yeah. he is such a little rat. Like, I can't stand it. Like you said, you would want to kill him if you were playing against him. Who was, who was a guy when you were playing that was always just a, a rat, wouldn't drop the gloves, but always started shit? Uh, I don't even know, to be honest with you. It's like Sean Avery. <laughs> Yeah, he was a guy. Yeah, so there you go. There's a guy that, yeah, just the annex and do whatever. So there you go. You just named the guy. So <laughs> I remember we were playing him and he was running his mouth and I was just like 
spirit. Like I was just like had my stick between his legs and I was just whacking him basically. And I'm like, turn around. He wouldn't, he's running his mouth at someone else trying to draw a penalty. And I was like, just again, stick between his legs, just like turn around. I want you to turn around. He wouldn't. So there you go. There's your guy. <laughs> just off, do, you ever, uh, do you ever have to play against Darcy Tucker? Yeah, yeah, he's a, junior against him. He's another guy. Yeah. Well, but at least Darcy yeah. would fight you. Yeah, he would fight anybody. He was tough. Like, so, yeah, he would, uh, dirty, miserable, but yeah, he fought. Like, you look back at a guy like him, Barnaby was another guy. There you go. Like, sure. I just want, you want to kill him. So I fought him one time in Tampa. He's running his mouth and, you know, like, whatever. You won't fight me. You won't fight me. You're scared. I'm like, okay. So it was like 5 2. So he gives me like the fake glove drop or whatever. So I drop my gloves and I just pound him, hit him with like two or three and dropped him. And, you know, and then I mean, Tortorella was all up my ass and he's like screaming at me. <laughs> after the game. What, are you, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, why, why'd you do that? Why did you, you know? Like, I'm like, because I can only like have him run his mouth so many times and call me this and call me chicken or whatever. And he's like, okay, fine. But like, we're like, Torch was 5 2, man. <laughs> like, we're going to lose the game. Like, it was 5 2. So. Yeah, yeah was, so those, it's funny you like say those names. Like you say one name, and then it's like a couple other guys pop, you know, pop in your head. So yeah, <laughs> there's always. Well, by all means, share. <laughs> well, I don't know. You could do. I like. Yeah, Barnaby was a guy for sure. Um, Mike Dan was another guy. I mean, they're just like. Oh. Now you do now, all... being being the enforcer on a team. If you have a guy like that on your team, I don't know if you ever have. I mean, you don't have to share a name or anything. But if you have, like, at some point, you got to sit the dude down like, listen, chill the fuck out. Yeah, I don't know if it's – no, it's not chill out. But I remember, like, who's who was saying? Someone in Edmonton about Ken Lindsman. He was one of those guys back in the day that was just – you know, they called him the rod. And he would just get under a guy's skin, and it was just – you know, and like in Edmonton, you had like, you know, Hunter McSorley, uh, Dave Brown, uh, Semenko, like tough guys, really yeah, tough guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then, but it was always like, hey, you got to fight. Like every once in a while, like you got to fight. Like we're we'll fight for you, but like you're dropping the gloves basically. So, yeah, I wasn't sitting the guy down, but it was like, okay, that's your job, and that's fine. That's what you have to do, but like sooner or later, like I'm sitting here going, "Okay, I'll fight for you." Like no problem, yeah, great. But like you're gonna fight, like you gotta fight once in a while. Like I have no problem sticking up for you, but like if you're gonna be a dick and run around, you know, you gotta answer the bell once in a while. So, uh, for sure. I mean, I I imagine that's how it would go. I I don't know. I play beer league hockey, man. Like we don't have problems like that. <laughs> oh yeah, you do. There's always one guy whacking somebody. <laughs> oh yeah, but uh, usually, so, usually it gets it it gets handled by those two people. Like, if that yeah. makes any sense. Nope, hundred percent. But um, so now that you're retired and uh, you've been retired for a little while now, um, you you've got a particular team you root for, or you you bounce between the teams you played for. Yeah, pretty much. Like I don't. There's not really a team. Uh, per se, but I still know guys and like in Tampa, I know a few guys and like the GM, my coach's kids. And, uh, but there's not 
like yeah, just like watching hockey. Like being in Edmonton, like they've been bad for you know how many years. So you know the fact that you know it's unfortunate, but like this year that uh, you know they had a good team. You got Connor McDavid, one of the best players, if not you know arguably the best player in the world, and you know the so. You know, they're fun to watch. And I just like watching hockey, to be honest with you. Like, whether it's Calgary, Edmonton, uh, Colorado, Tampa, I just like watching good hockey. And then when you have the Battle of Alberta stuff, like where there's bad blood between rivalry teams, you know, it's Pittsburgh and Philadelphia or whatever. Like, I'm a Phillies fan, man. That thing's dead. Yeah, I know. But, you know, (laughs) so like just stuff like that. Like, uh, I just like watching good hockey. Um, you know, the teams I played for, you know, again, I'll follow them a little bit, but there's no, like, I'm not like, there's someone chirping me one time, like, oh, yeah, you're an Oilers fan. I'm like, I played for the Flames. <laughs> like, yeah, they're not like, I grew up in Edmonton, but I played for the Flames. It's not like I have allegiance to the Oilers over the Flames. I just, you know, whatever. So, I just like, just show, just show them your Flames jersey with your goddamn name on it. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I do that. Yeah, <laughs> Where'd you get the nickname Dinger from? Did that follow you around or? Yeah, just uh, growing up, just from playing uh, baseball. Okay. So, yeah, I was good at hitting the Canadian ball. Canadian boy runs. playing baseball. Yeah. So, yeah, that was it. Just, uh, just from that, basically. All right, man. We're about uh, 50 minutes in, dude. I think it's a, a pretty good place to wrap up. You got anything you want to plug before I wrap this up? Your uh, glove company or? Yeah, no, if you're looking for uh, for safety gloves, uh, Stell Gloves uh, is a company I'm working for. My brother, we're a family company. Uh, you can check it out at uh, Stout, S-T-O-U-T, gloves.com. So, yeah, if you need safety gloves. It's funny because uh, I used to drop my gloves to punch people in the face, and now I sell safety gloves. <laughs> so, yeah, go, go figure the absurdity in that. I'm a I'm a mechanic by trade. I've been checking them out. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to convince my company to buy a couple sets from you. Yeah, there you go. Let's do it. Good All right, man. Deal. Hey, uh, so that'll wrap up this episode, everybody. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, we've got a couple more guys lined up. We're gonna keep this rolling because everybody's in quarantine, so uh, it's a little easier to get a hold of these guys and get these guys on for you. Make sure you guys tune in. If you uh, don't follow me on Twitter, you can find me at enforcers corner um you can also find uh our my podcast enforcers corner on any podcast platform just type in enforcers corner on google it'll pop up nobody's got a show like it i promise you that i really appreciate it chris i loved having you on dude it was it was a good time yeah no problem anytime all right everybody that'll wrap up this show uh catch you next time